Good morning, everybody. It's a, a unusual uh, podcast this morning. I've uh, been woken before having had coffee by Dr. Andrew Peacock. Andrew, how are you? Very good, thank you. Okay. Okay. And I'm in the Blue Mountains, um, in the World Heritage listed Blue Mountains, somewhere near Blackheath. And I'm up here um, because I've been at what's called an Expedition and Wilderness Medicine course, which has been an absolutely fantastic experience. And I'm just going to, I'm going to let Andrew just give you a couple of minutes. What's the course that you've been involved in, and what are you trying to get people like me to do? Sure, it, it's a course that's um, been developed now in Australia uh, and delivered a couple of times that has uh, arisen as a result of an involvement with Expedition and Wilderness Medicine in the UK. And they've been running what they call their foundation course, which is what we've been delivering here, for a number of years now. And uh, we've taken that course, um, fiddled with it a bit, adapted it a little bit to Australian conditions, and also adapted it from my perspective in terms of my experience experiences um, working as an expedition and wilderness medicine doctor. The aim is to give a broad brush um, taste of the sorts of things that doctors, paramedics, nurses, it's not, not just about doctors, about any, anybody with a medical um, a bit of training who, who might uh, head off into the wild, whether it be on an overnight backpack with 10 mates or um, up Kilimanjaro with 20 clients on behalf of an adventure travel company. And the idea is to introduce uh, the sorts of people going to those events um, to important topics, hypothermia, hyperthermia, altitude illness. Um, but it's broader than that in the sense that we also like to cover all of the, the aspects that fall between the cracks that you might think of, like team dynamics um, and you know group, group issues, um, personal care, public health, uh, and all those other bits and pieces that go together when, when you uh, are heading off into the wilderness, basically. Fantastic. I mean, I, I've, I've really enjoyed being here. I, I, as people probably know, I like to think of myself as a guy that gets around a bit and has worked in a couple of different countries. But uh, uh, your background in terms of when you, you said, when you, the Freud, I know my experience as an expedition of wilderness medic, you've been all over the world. I mean, you've worked pretty much everywhere now, it seems. I mean, the number of places that you've been, the, the stories that came up and the places that you've, you've worked, jungle, mountain, desert, Antarctica... You've yep. been all over the place. And you've been to Antarctica recently, haven't you? I have. I've, yeah. I've been lucky enough to go to Antarctica three or four times. And um, the most recent time became a bit infamous in the, <laughs> in the sense that uh, I was on board the um, academic Shukalsky, a Russian-registered ship, as uh, not just the doctor, but as part of the expedition team in terms of um, bringing to the expedition um, skills as a doctor, yes, but, but also from a mountaineering perspective, you know, I, had, I, was, I was there also to help look after some of the passengers when we were um, on the ice, mm. you know, that sort of thing. And um, if people don't know the story, uh, just a quick reminder that during the very slow news period between Christmas and New Year, we became the focus of, a bit, of quite a bit of media attention when the ship unfortunately, unfortunately became stuck um, in a, a big uh, amount of ice that, that got pushed across towards our, our area where we were by um, a storm. And uh, we, were, we were effectively stuck there for, for a while. Yeah, we were trapped there for a while. Yeah. And, and um, the captain was being pretty conservative and he was concerned about some large icebergs that were in the area. Hmm. Um, icebergs move independently of the wind. Um, so they had the, there was the potential for them to impact the ship. Yep. And he asked for help. And, and once help was requested, then... You yeah. know, what, whatever happened from then on was yeah. out of our control. Um, was, there was quite a fuss, yeah. wasn't there? I mean, yeah, it was because there was Australian government where people were whinging about it. People were saying, "Oh, should we be going out to save these guys?" It was a Russian registered ship. Yep. The expedition expedition was an American one, or where, where did they actually? No, come? Australian expedition okay. um, put together by scientists um, from around Australia who had specific scientific goals. Yeah. Um, the majority of which they were able able to carry out during the time that we had down there. But but on board also were paying passengers who came along 
as um, uh, almost scientific assistance, but, but, but with a tourism agenda. So it was a, it was a mixed, you know, private-public enterprise that, um, you know, went really, really well apart from that last part. But how long were you trapped for? Uh, I think in the end it was something like 12 days. 12 10 days. 10 days to 12 okay. days, over Christmas and New Year. I mean, yeah. this is this is the Shackleton story. I mean, this is what happened to those guys. I mean, their ship got trapped and then got crushed and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it, 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 that's, I mean that's why there was so much media interest in it. I mean, yeah. It's the same sort of thing. And, everybody's got, and then, of course, the rescue was... It was quite a, there was quite a few people involved. Wasn't the Chinese ship in the end got in and got stuck or something? Was that right? That's right. The French, first of all, came. They were the closest. They had a small ship. They were sensible. They got to the edge of the pack ice, looked in and said, I don't think so. <laughs> and, and they left. Um, which was fair enough. Um, the Chinese came down, they were pretty gung-ho, they, they headed straight into the pack ice and we, we were very keen to be watching their little radar blip um, you know, over sort of a period of 20, 40, 36 hours and it was getting closer and closer and then stopped and stayed steady and stopped and, and they were communicating with us and saying, oh, it's getting very thick and we thought, well, no, you're actually stuck as well. Yes. And, um, and then the Australian ship, the Aurora Australis, uh, which was a, uh, which is a working ship and was busy down there refueling and resupplying Australian bases. Had to interrupt their um, their mission essentially mm-hmm. and turn a, and head towards us towards the east and come across and um, provide a lot of support. And and in the end, the Chinese used their helicopter to transfer all of our passengers from our ship to the Aurora Australis. And so, what happens? The, the, the ice. Eventually moves and that ship gets free, or is it still there? I mean, what, what, the, this of course wasn't reported quite so widely, but uh, yeah, the follow up to it all. Um, interestingly, our expedition leader, the main expedition leader, um, from a logistic point of view, was Greg Mortimer, who's an extremely experienced Australian adventurer, yeah. mountaineer, um, and polar polar person. Um, his comment I remember distinctly at the time was, you know, the economic Shakowski may become part of the permanent landscape of yes. Antarctica, um, but clearly. Uh, that didn't happen, in fact. Um, wind, wind conditions changed, the weather changed, um, and in fact what did happen was, thankfully, the Shikowski and the Russian crew who had, who had stayed on board mm. with, with a sort of a, a default possibility for how they were going to get off later, mm. they um, were able to get out of that area um, very, very slowly over a period of time. But in fact, they got back to New Zealand, the original port of um, where we left from, quicker than we got back to Tasmania with the Aurora Australis. Really? Mm. Oh, okay, so staying on board would have been quite okay. Okay. I mean, this is Which some of us thought at the time, but about, that's, okay, not, that's yeah. not what happened. Well, I mean, this is another interesting thing about you specifically, because while you were there, this is the other hat that you wear, one of the other several hats that you wear, you're a photographer, quite a, an, a very successful photographer with your company Footloose Photography, and you took some photographs there that went down quite well, didn't you? Yeah, it, it did. So... Um, on any trip I go on, uh, the photography is there as a very strong um, angle and uh, and is a real part of why I enjoy heading into um, these sorts of places. So, um, but that was that was a fortuitous event to some degree from my perspective. Is that we had very social media savvy scientists on board who already came down with a satellite upload mo- uh, link, a modem. Yeah and were already posting uh, on their blogs and that sort of stuff, which I wasn't actively doing up until um, I started giving a few images to them to put on their blogs once we were stuck. And my copyright was on the on the images, and I suddenly... And I was able to check email, so and, and I started getting email from places, people like CNN, NBC, um, you know, and a few other organisations and magazines around the world, which was... Which suddenly not just for myself, but threw all of us into a bit of a frenzy of uploading and commenting and interviews <laughs> and, and photos going here and there and me, and me trying to keep control of them and having lots of people wanting photos for free, which I wasn't going to be you know, providing. Um, but yeah, so National Geographic Online had at least two significant articles about it with my images, which was great. 
and certainly gave me a lot of publicity from a photographic angle. Yeah, well, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's the the idea of doing expedition medicine. For, I think for a lot of us, there are quite interested. A lot of people that are doing medicine, emergency medicine, and critical care in particular, obviously have an interest in the outdoors. But the idea of getting involved in the sort of thing that you're doing is always seems just like how do you do that? I mean, it's a bit like working with an NGO. You, you can't do it until you've done it. Mm. And, uh, yep. I mean, but you know. It's fantastic to hear of somebody who's actually gone off and found one way or the other the, the, this amazing career that you've put together and with the, the added interest of the photography. And it's just really, really nice. And the, your images are brilliant. I mean, I've been looking at them and they're absolutely okay, fantastic. Yeah. But, it's, but it's a bit of an inspiration to the rest of us. That, you know, this is something that you can do. This is not an impossible dream that nobody actually really ever does and goes to Everest with a major expedition and so on and so forth. And you've been in and around that area. But of course, the course that you've been teaching is the way to sort of start on a lot of the things. But it's not just the stuff that you teach. It's the guys that you meet. I mean, we had yeah. Jim Duff and Absolutely. people there and so on and yeah. so forth. An amazing character that's, I don't know how long he spent in and around. Uh, in fact, you'd know how long was he, was he up in the Himalayas for? It was 40 years or something, was it? Yeah, I mean, he, it, Dr. Jim Duff is somebody who is a GP, um, trained in the UK, but mm. came to Australia and um, first and foremost was a climber and mountaineer, yeah. you know, even prior to medicine, studying medicine, yeah. yeah. And, and just as an aside, quickly, you know, um, I think the natural fit really for somebody who's going to spend time doing these sorts of things is that um, partly or quite often really what you bring to the table to begin with is your own personal mm. adventuring spirit and, and, and the fact that you're out there exploring whether it's backpacking or kayaking or whatever and, and I think that those skills are first and foremost uh, the, one of the important things to, yeah. to bring to the world of expedition medicine. Yeah, you know, I understand. What you, mean. So you have to be a, yeah. an adventurer or a semi-adventurous person, and someone first and foremost, willing yeah. to go and do these things and be good at them and love it. Yeah, and, and medicine kind of come a second in some ways. Absolutely, because you need to be you need to have knowledge of the environment and be comfortable in the environment and ha and handle yourself in the environment to be able to then be useful to the people for whom you have duty of care. So I like but, the idea of, of the critical care and, the, and the, you know, lots of guys who listen to this do aeromedical stuff and you're doing critical care and you're out there actually beyond the hospital and yeah. so on and so forth. But yeah, you've taken that to the nth degree. But one of the really interesting things about the course, which you stressed really well, is that it really, it's, if ever there was a situation where it was about prevention rather than cure, it has to be your world. I mean, you're, you're not interested in dealing with an emergency, you're interested no. in avoiding an emergency because yeah. somebody even breaks an ankle or even, you know, some relatively minor things can't be dealt with on the mountain and that's it, expedition over, that person's gone down and you may even have to go down with them. Yep. And this is stuff that I've, I hadn't really thought through. But I, I just wanted to, one of the things that Jim came up with and, and I think you mentioned it as well, let's say you had a really sick patient on the mountain, something that I didn't realise, can you tell me how, um, if you had to care for somebody through the night on the mountain, what's the sort of, standard or relatively often procedure if you, if you need to really closely observe that person and they're sitting there with their diary and whatever else they've got you move into the tent with them <laughs> we, yeah <laughs> <clears throat> well there has been a case exactly like that for me and and it was an interesting one um and we didn't really talk about that on the course i don't unless jim, 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 jim did mention it yeah, yeah, oh, like, yeah if they get sick he says you, got, you have to sit <laughs> in there with them and, yeah so that's yeah. only that's only happened once from my perspective um, um What's great, of course, is if somebody, uh, you know, the buddy-buddy system in mm. terms of being out and exploring is important anyway. And so hopefully somebody's sharing a tent with, with somebody who, to some degree, ha is invested in helping care for that person. So maybe maybe you're in the tent nearby and, and you, you, you're trusting somebody else to come and get you if there's a problem. But mm. on Kilimanjaro, um, Mount Kilimanjaro in, in Tanzania and in Africa, you know, the highest summit in Africa, mm. uh, I, we were um, at least two or three camps up the mountain and we had a young woman... Um, a celebrity, actually, an Australian actress, mm. who got sick with with high altitude pulmonary edema, and she was um, not doing too well. And it was it was late into the evening, and it was one of these sort of, you know, do we act on this now and, and send her down now, you know, through the dark, which has its own logistical issues and that sort of thing, 
or um, do we aim for stabilisation overnight, knowing that I had oxygen at my disposal, knowing that I had quite a team of local people to help if things, you know, so there, so if you can access certain resources, then that's going to affect your decision making. Mm. But to cut a long story short, uh, I did end up in the tent with, with this That's young, a slightly different situation. <laughs> and, okay, um, I'm sure and, so, and, and copped, you know, and copped, copped a few comments as a yep. result of that night. But um, thankfully she, she did remain stable. We had oxygen with, with us to use all night. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, uh, and then the next day I went partially down the mountain with her and a team um, of the local support that we had. And then, and so uh, once I knew that she was headed downhill, was already starting to improve, which is the key point with regards mm. to treating altitude illness, obviously, then I was able to turn around and go back up and rejoin the main Excellent. group. Okay, cool. Oh, listen, and d you didn't have such a... One of the other things that we were sitting here, this course is quite something, guys. You're sitting there, half, one minute you're talking about podiatry, which is, you know, taking care of your feet will literally... If you don't do it, you'll stop an expedition, you'll yeah. leave. And the next minute we're talking about portable hyperbaric chambers, which is, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's amazing stuff. It really was. I, I, I got into one of those. That's quite, quite a fun thing. Everybody should try that out. Yeah. But no, I thought it was a fantastic course. I think, you're, uh, I think you ran it very, very well. I think the faculty that you got around you were fantastic. And anybody who's interested in significant outdoor stuff, even if they're not thinking that they're going to go up at Everest or go to the Antarctic or some stuff, I really think it's uh, one to worth looking at. What's the website to check it out? So expeditionwildernessmedicine.com.au. And your yeah. photography website, which I'll just plug anyway, is footloosephotographywithanf.com. Uh, that's right. Doc, yeah, footloosephotography.com, photography with an F. Yeah, photography yeah. with an F. Ah, good man. Thank you so much. Thanks, for, mate. Lovely to see you. <laughs> Take care. We're back. And we're back because we just worked out that um, I've given the website address wrong. So with the um, you obviously don't get to type in your own website address no, very often. You just go EX and not the pops. But what's the actual website address? We've just given the wrong one out. We have. So it's, it's uh, Expedition Medicine. And that's good because, you know, doctors with short attention span won't have to type so much. Yes, no, I don't like typing long, yeah. long words. Yeah. Got it all sorted out. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a happy ending. All right, take care.